Welcome to Solution Focus Possibilities Podcast. We want to help you have more productive conversations in whatever area of work or life you find yourselves in. What better way to do that than to invite you into our own conversations as we discuss our solution focused practice, our different experiences and findings. We hope you find this helpful, useful and inspiring. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, welcome everyone on our who God knows how many podcasts we've done so far but uh, out of XX podcast this time we have another guest and it's a very very special guest very dear to me um, Jenny Clark who is known in solution focus world as the woman the power woman <laughs> the one you know that enters the room and everybody either frightens or shushes because she always got, has something really clever to say um <laughs> so jenny i i don't remember when i first um heard you or which event it was but i remember exactly what you were wearing and i remember exactly that at some point in the background of a huge powerpoint that you had a witch appeared flying over the room (laughs) and and i thought i was very new to solution focus then and i thought listening to you you were talking about differences between solution focus not solution focus Mm -hmm. i thought this is definitely a woman I want to be near because she's got so much to give in a way that I can learn and this has proven to be true ever since so welcome Jenny thank you what a start now really I I remember I remember that occasion I don't remember you from that occasion but I'll tell you when I first my first memory, maybe not be the first time, but a very strong memory of meeting Bieber was at a, I'm pretty sure it was an EBITDA conference in Vienna. And Bieber suddenly said, look, I can't remember how you put it, but you old people have got to do a bit more sharing. That was the, that was, you know, that was that sounds what like Bieber. kind yeah. of, yeah. and it was just, I mean, she said, it, of course, nicely, but that was what she was saying. You know, you've got to, you've got to help us and uh, mentor us and look after us and uh, nurture us. And I thought, what a, what a great invitation really for, you know, for, for a friendship actually. So that's for a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, that was now six years ago in Vienna when we were queuing for food. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. But you, we you did an, I'm sure you did. If it wasn't an open space, I don't know if we did open space in those days in Ebta, but it was that. And you said, Look, come on. And I think from that came some of those summer camps that Ebta have been doing. Yeah, that's so right. That led to quite a lot. That's right. That, that is so right. And it didn't take much, but a um, couple of people meeting at the right place at the right time and summer yeah. camps were born. Yeah. Uh, how many did did they host? Three or four, something Three like that. Three or four, something, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then pandemics yeah. happened, so yeah. it will go yeah. back again. Jenny, this is so interesting, as you're saying, because uh, my first question for you was going to be before passing on to the guys. Um What does it say about you that, you know, you took your time off, it's Monday morning, uh, what am I saying, it's Monday (laughs) evening, I'm I'm just mixing the the times, but forgive me, (laughs) that that you are willing to chat with us, to share your brilliance, your wisdom with, you know, three um, of the younger ones, uh, so to speak, not younger as in age, but younger as in experiences, Mm -hmm. Um, so that this friendship that you were saying has you have been true to it at least six years <laughs> since it started yeah well it's so it's so important that there's always been a concern when you when you especially when when you kind of get in at the beginning of an organization and i'm talking about soul world not epton you have to get a bit worried about how cliquey we're going to become there's always a danger of becoming cliquey because you know people and you look forward to seeing them. And, and so the way, thanks to some prompting and thanks to the brilliance of everybody else, 
I think we're the least cliquey crowd that I know when you go to conferences and things like that. But it, but it is a, it is a danger because you so much want to see the people that you know well. So uh, you know, I think this ability to to keep getting new friends is mm. is really nice. So guys, from now on, we'll be those new friends. I hope. <laughs> Given how yeah yeah how small this community is the solution focused community and yet the professions that we're in therapy social work coaching and such can be quite cliquey in a way yeah. dominated by a certain uh, group um what do you think jenny has been uh, your footprint in solution focused community oh dear so oh, far oh, it's not oh, done you know apart from apart from minding my husband and getting him ready and that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> apart from that i think that i think that my i would like to think um i'd like to think that i'm a bit sharp and i can do that when i'm trying to say when mark is sort of sorry for those of you who don't know my husband is mark mccurgo but um when when mark is off on one of his sort of <laughs> um, uh, exhibitions or ex, you know, and I'll watch the people and say, watch those sort of blank faces sometimes. And so I think what Mark is trying to say is, so I think I've done quite a lot of interpreting from that. Uh, but I'd like to think that my sense of humor has actually, you know, the, the great thing about, about SF is that you don't have to be burdened with other people's problems. You know, your own can be bad enough. But I think this sort of lightness of being is something that I think is, a, I think is an advantage. Um, I, used, I used to think that, well, you know, deep down I'm very shallow. I think it's, you know, just this staying at the surface I quite like. You know, um, and I seem to find it quite easy to do, you know, to stay at the surface. Uh, mm. I really liked that occasion that you're talking about. I still like that. It's available on YouTube. That occasion with a started with it wasn't with the it was a grumpy old woman. I've got this. I'm developing this grumpy old woman persona. <laughs> um, and uh, she, trying to talk about what's different about SF and what's special about SF. And that first picture was the grumpy old woman and this there be dragons thing, because it's a very difficult topic to talk about, you know, as you know, we keep finding it's evolving, it keeps happening. Some people care what SF is, some people don't really care because, you know, because they do good work with their clients and, you know, SF isn't the only way of doing good work with clients. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we will, um, alongside this podcast, uh, if you agree, Jenny, we'll pop that link to the YouTube video Please. that we yeah. are yeah. talking about. Yeah, because I'm quite proud of that. And when I say how many times it's been watched, most of them probably been by me. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few more that would be quite good because I'm one of the people who think that it's quite important to distinguish between SF and not SF. Mostly because of the brand, just because of the brand. You know, people, people can, we're not police, you know, you can't watch what people do at work. And if, they, if their clients are happy, that, of course, that's good. But that doesn't make it SF just because they asked a couple of SF questions or, you know. So I, I think it matters because of the brand. I, what does make it SF, SF, in your opinion, Jenny? It's more about what it isn't, yeah? So it isn't pathology, it isn't, um, it isn't, grumpy old woman says it's looking for description, not prescription. We're not here to tell people what to do. It's description, not prescription, and not pathologizing and Every case is different. So your own, your own experience, your own autobiography, your own reading is not relevant to whatever's happening in front of you right now. Yeah. That's quite hard. 
to, to remind yourself of, but I, all of that, I think, is SF. Yeah, easier said than done, as we know. Mm, yeah, yeah. Simple, but not easy. I was, yeah, I was thinking as you're talking there um, about some, some of those topics kind of crossing over, so um, protecting the brand of Solution Focus, um, you know, promoting the the real highlights of it and and then also this idea of stopping ourselves from becoming too cliquey and you know too closed off um i just think it's really challenging to do to actually do to protect the brand and to promote the best things about solution focused without becoming cliquey i think it's just really tricky um yeah. i remember coming to a conference with um a colleague of mine who is a cbt background but quite open-minded um and you know interested to come and learn some more and, and he actually left the conference um al almost offended you know almost feeling that his um profession had been um you know had attacked really and i was just so just so frustrated mm -hmm. by it, thinking yeah. this is someone who was open-minded willing to come and learn more about it um but I, you know i think it's just such a, a hard line to tread how do we yeah. protect the brand promote solution focused without becoming too cliquey and without dissing everybody else. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which, is, which is quite, I mean, it is hard, especially when you do, when you, when you have very fundamentally different, actually, um, yep. assumptions. Um, yeah, on the SF24, um, last, the beginning of the month, Kirsten Deerhoff started a conversation about how can we respectfully mm. um, well, that was the title of the conversation, but I, I don't think we came to any conclusions about how, how can you respectfully disagree or show CBT, for example, or, or psychoanalysts how different our assumptions are mm. without pissing, without uh, offending them. Yeah. And uh, it's quite hard. I, I, I don't know. I just have... You just have to say, I, I don't agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people want to, at least in my experience, a lot of people want to be able to mix and match and sort of yes. bolt things on. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to say, well, I've, I'm already trained in this approach and yeah. I'd like to take a couple of bits from Solution Focus and add it on. Mm. Where, where do you stand on that? Do you think Solution Focus can be you know, mix and matched or do you think it's got to be separate? Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, do, I, I think it can be done. Of course, it can be done. People do do it. So, yes, it can be done. But then I, I'm a bit reluctant to hear them say that they're doing solution focus. Mm, sure. Yeah. For, for that kind of reason. And, uh, you know, I mix, I mix my SF with a bit of, I don't know, past life regression. Doesn't actually, you can't actually do that. Um, so... Uh, no, eclecticism for me is not is not really mm. very good. Yeah, <laughs> be happy with that answer. <laughs> but you know, I know that, that people do that and they get good results, and I've got no problem with yeah. doing that and getting good results. So my problem is then saying that they're solution focused people. Mm. Yeah, mm. sure. Mm. It's kind of, I think it's something to do with. Um, uh, what do they call it in the jargon, um, informed buyers, that how can you have informed buyers if, if people are doing a, a bit of this and a bit of that, which is why I think we, we have to be able to talk about what we do and how we do it, and maybe even why we do it. Um, you know, what, what, what makes us think that what we do makes sense. Uh, that's the hardest thing of all, of course. And that's what Mark's latest book is—is a, is a first step towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this kind of informed bias, especially in in mental health, that if you say your solution focused, we owe it to the bias to for them to know what we mean by that. Sure. And of course, our name doesn't help. Our, our name really does not help. And I'm not suggesting we change that. But who isn't solution focused? Mm, yeah. you know? Give me a solution. Tell me what to do. Yes. Is what people mean when they say, <laughs> give me a solution. 
yeah. tell me what to do. Yeah. So, um, so it's good to have it somehow definable so that buyers and users can have some, some understanding of what, what they're getting, I think. What, what do you think would be a better name, Jenny? A better name than Slew? I don't know. I don't know. Progress, future, um, yeah. what next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What next focused? What instead focused? Oh, yeah. that's nice. What, what instead? instead? Yeah. <laughs> what instead? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yes. But, uh, you know, so many people, I'm very, I'm very, in fact, I, I'm uh, a manager that we, early on in my um, work said, I'm very solution focused. I immediately see what to do and tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've all met them, haven't we? But, yes. you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know, people, people have used, oh, orientation, I think it's hopeless, by the way. Solution oriented instead. I don't, I don't know why some people are calling themselves that, unless they're the people who are doing a bit of, a bit of lots of things. Solution oriented. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't really know. I like focus. Yeah. So I was I was at Mark's um, virtual book launch, his recent one. Love the yeah. book. book. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Mark was doing a champagne opening with a sword. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to ask, was there any point in that where you got worried for him and you thought, this might not happen because it... No, believe it or not, he'd done it once before. <laughs> so I'd seen it done before. He's a professional. So no, no, no. no. I, was, I was most worried about how much of the champagne might get spilt. <laughs> <laughs> the valid concern. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm just, I'm, in a way, I'm hearing like Jamie's voice in my head. And thinking like, are they? Are we talking about things that people might not know anything about? Yeah. So, I suppose Jenny, for those who don't know you, like, I have two questions. Was tell us a bit about yourself. And you mentioned Soul World as well, mm -hmm. and so some yeah. people that might be interested in that. So could could you tell okay. us a little bit about yourself and Soul World okay. as well? Yeah. Okay. So um, I started life working in the electricity industry in the nuclear power industry. And uh, I first got interested in thing. I first discovered solution for, no, first of all, I discovered uh, NLP, I think. And then reading a book uh, about, from one of the sort of antecedents and I got interested in the antecedents of NLP. Um, the first book, was one by Bill O'Hannon and James Wilk, which wasn't actually um, particularly solution focused, but that, that got Mark and I both very interested in this focus on what do you want instead? You know, what, if the problem didn't exist, what would, what would the world be like? Mm -hmm. And uh, so followed that up quite, quite enthusiastically throughout the nineties and kept thinking this stuff is too useful too good to be just left on the mental health shelves. Um, we were working as consultants by then. We had we had left what I still call a proper job, and we're working as consultants. And thought this this way of this conversational approach to things is uh, useful in all sorts of different contexts. And so, Soul World, and we we spent about we spent most of the 1990s, going to EBTA conferences, trying things out, learning, and then thinking, okay, now we're ready. Mark and Paul Z. Jackson produced a book uh, about solution focus for, organize, for organizational people, for management people. That's the very one. That's the very one. That's the very second edition of the very one. And so to launch that book, we thought, well, we'll have a conference. That's a good way of launching a book. We'll have a conference and the internet and media were just starting then. And we said, anybody interested in coming to talk about the use of solution focus in organizations, hoping that maybe 20 people would come. And actually 80 people came to that very first conference from Europe and Canada. 
uh, and Britain. And uh, it went very well. And so I said, let's do it again. So we did it again, and it's been happening ever since 2002 now, um, apart from this year and last year, of course. So that's Soul World, and it's for uh, coaches, organizational people primarily, and managers, in-house you know, managers, using these, um, you never even know what word to use, do you? Techniques, methods, assumptions, theories in uh, in corporate kind of settings yeah brilliant brilliant and and i retired and i retired a long time ago <laughs> i should have said that yeah no excellent so you have retired a long time ago or are you still working still doing a few bits uh i'm just looking after i'm just managing the books and things like that i've had a state pension for 14 years now so that's quite a long time <laughs> yeah brilliant and this is more like a from a curious standpoint. So for people who maybe have been to different conferences, what what do you find are the the interesting differences between like a Soul World conference versus I don't know like a UK ASFP conference, and in terms of like the differences when people talk about practice and, and the conversations they have. Well, I've learned a lot from each other, so I think the conferences are beginning to get more and more alike, actually. But at the very beginning of the Soul World Conference, we made very very articulated, clear decisions that the speakers wouldn't be paid. The speakers would in fact pay to come to the conference, um, that everybody would be equal in that sense. So there's no sort of, you know, big names flying in, everybody would be equal. We made, and this doesn't always happen, we made the evening entertainment part of the conference, not you have to pay extra for the dinner because that can be divisive. Um, we met everybody at the airport who, who arrived from, from abroad. So it was, it was very conscious decisions about how to, how to not have differences in um, you know, high up people flying in and then disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, at the beginning, there were no high up people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody. You know, we didn't know each other, and it was very interesting to to see who would turn up and and so on. So I think I think that sort and uh, open space was was a big element of the early early conferences, which again you see in other places. So it's not all just talking heads workshops become much more uh, less lecture based more mm. uh, interactive those things i think and what are you seeing you said now they're kind of becoming a bit more alike yes i think so and i think that you know we're learning the good bits you know soul world always had a cabaret so mm. the cabaret night mm. and things like that and so, so some of the others are beginning to do that now yeah yeah on the other hand, I think Soul World, then after a while, I'm not sure about this, I can't remember when that the speakers would have a reduced fee. So, you know, that kind of changed a bit. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, they're getting more alike in many ways in, you know, the good bits of both, I suppose. No, I haven't had a conference for such a long time, it seems. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, another oh. one on the horizon, isn't another it? Another one Frankfurt on the horizon. One. Yeah. next September 2022 yeah. where all of those organizations are going yeah. to be under yeah. one umbrella genuinely yeah. uh, speaking I mean of, of those um, deliveries of conferences the friendliness the openness um, equality you are one of the most charismatic women so, so certainly in this field and does it make any difference to you being a woman in this field or do you think it makes a difference at all to other women um Oh dear, dear! I think I'm a bit old-fashioned in this. I, 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 I had never probably because in my young days I didn't have any female role models. I haven't felt the importance of female role models particularly. Um, so it was. It has been a bit of a surprise when people say, "But we need a woman," or, or who are the women? Um, but now I find myself doing that. 
saying, but wait a minute, it's it's white men again. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow learner in many ways that because I, I lived in a, I lived in a man's world. It didn't really strike me until, until, and uh, I don't know, until me too, and then until we just got more aware of differences and uh, inequalities and all of that. Because it certainly doesn't do you justice as being introduced with all the respect to Mark and everything that he's contributed to this field as being his wife, because you on your own are such a force of nature. <laughs> how, how do you, I mean, what have you and Mark got in common that you're pleased, both of you, that you've got in common? And where are you maybe completely different when it comes to talking and doing solution focused or other aspects of lives, if you feel comfortable sharing any? Okay, I think we're, you know, if we believed in diagnoses, we would say we were both a little bit, you know, along the spectrum. <laughs> so there is that <laughs> that we have in common, although he's about, he's about an inch along and I'm only a millimeter along. That, so there's, there's a bit of that. We're both, we're both highly logical. We're both, you know, we're, we're, we're like logic. Um, uh, but and again, these things that we don't really believe in, but in the Myers-Briggs things, uh, we, we were similar except in one thing, one element. And now after many years, we're finding ourselves swapping over and he's getting more like me and I'm getting more like him. But, you know, people get to look like their dogs in the end, don't they? So, you know, we're, we're doing a bit of, oh, you know, I'm acting like him and he's acting like me. This happens in things like holidays. I used to be the one that said, well, we'll plaza sit. We'll just go and see what happens. And he'll be saying, the museums are closed on Mondays. But now I'm the one that's saying the museums are closed on Mondays, you know? So we're swapping a bit. <laughs> Mark, Mark has always been um, a huge writer, hasn't he? wrote yeah. things that we thought through, but he put it in, in down in words. Um, so that yeah. people can understand what's the point and to speak with such clarity. Uh, what's your contribution to you know, his ability to um, do it justice in that sense? Yeah, my contribution to that, well, you know, some people write in the acknowledgements to their books, to my wife, without whom this would not be possible. His says something like, to my wife, my sternest critic. <laughs> so so uh, quite, Quite heavy editing, I think you might say. What Mark is trying to say is, you know. Mm. Yeah. But he is, he, you know, he is he's a very clear thinker. Yeah, I mean, had, we had him on one of our um, previous podcasts. Um, Jenny, may I ask you a question around this book? Yes. Uh, the, referred to as the big blue book, which is for facilitators. <laughs> yes. And it's yeah. become like a classic, hasn't it? Everybody who works with mm -hmm. groups or wants to work with groups would yeah. bump into this, this book at some point because it's so practical. It has 57 exercises, activities that you can do with groups. And mind you, I've used some of those in therapy groups as well. Yes. So it's not yeah, written, yeah. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> how come, uh, how did you write this book with Peter? Oh, it's a he produced it in Germany first. It's, a it's not a translation of a German book. It's, a, it's a, a reconception of a German book. You see, this is me being logical. I, I made it all look like a recipe book. You know, you need this and this is the steps. The German book isn't like that at all because people refuse to do... Peter refused to do people's work for them and, and produce whatever they provided. I did quite heavy editing because I wanted something more procedural and more, you know, show me, show me what to do and how to do it. So, but it, but it was originally published in, in uh, German and actually there are a few more examples in the gym. There are, there are more than 57 in the German one, because again, Peter said, if they can't be bothered to, to give you a translation, they're not, they're not going to be in the book. Peter refused to translate for, for people. So there's even more. If you speak German, there's even more in the German version of the book, which is called something 
Well, it'll probably tell you in the book what it's called um, mm. in German. It's a much more Germanic title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tools for managers or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one is called 57SF activities for yeah. facilitators and consultants putting solutions focused into action. Have it, well, yeah, the German book, I mean, has got this sort of, you know, very, very Teutonic kind of title. Where do you see, Jenny? I mean, I, I'm always kind of most interested in uh, or maybe even most known by the group work that we do or we want to do so group activities and such uh, how have you discovered this magic what's in groups and SF for you ah well my only experience is working with uh, with groups of people at work um so what's the question again how have i discovered it uh, what's what's in it uh, for you to combine solutions focus and groups oh i see Ah, well, mostly because groups were my clients. So I, I've done very little work with individuals, probably, uh, a bit of coaching. But yes, that was mostly what I was being asked to do. But I, I, I like working with groups because I like this gradual emergence of something that we can all work on. And it can either be the quickest thing or the easiest thing that we can all work on. So something that you can start to make progress on and then the disagreements become less important and progress might make you think about, this is by the way why I don't think that SF is a goal um, approach, a goal-driven approach. It's more about direction than, than goal because you, you, the direction can change, you know, slightly. You can veer a bit. And working with groups, you, could, you, you can feel that start to happen. As you move, then maybe exactly where you want to go changes a bit. Am I making sense? Just because, just because instead of being stuck, I think, you know, SF is for, is for application when you're stuck. If you know what to do, then you know what to do. You know, when you're stuck, um, any sign of progress is useful. And then you can reassess, well, what do we want? What do we want? You know, you can think again about what the, the, the goal might be, you know. So I, I, I know a lot of people put it in the goal-driven category, but I'm... I'm not sure that it is. I think it's more about a sense of direction, sense of movement. Mm. Is this better than that? You know, are things getting better? Yeah, I've definitely seen the sense of direction with <clears throat> this sort of social work arena, working with, um, you know, families that people are saying, we're, you know, we're stuck with this. We've tried everything, mm. um, you know, don't know what else to do. Um, and sometimes um, the council where I do a bit of work are, are brave enough to let us try some solution focused, um, you know, group supervision for all the professionals involved and, and the family mm -hmm. members. And you see those subtle changes in, in direction, as you say. Mm -hmm. uh, and the sort of, I, I think the blaming starts to reduce. There's a lot of, you know, there, there can be a lot of finger pointing um, yeah. when things are stuck, you know. Um, and when you start to bring in the solution focus conversation, I think that starts to minimise and decrease as, as you talk about something else. Mm. Um, for for organisations, Jenny, what, what are the the standard things that you get called in to to help with? You know, for, so for us, it's we've got a family mm. stuff, mm. we've done everything. What what is it for organisations? It, it can be anything from um, organisational development. You know, have we got our, have we got are our departments got the right titles kind of thing? You know, are we organizing ourselves properly to um, uh, management development kind of things? Or what is our pay system? We did one on uh, uh, performance management, for example. And unfortunately, really unfortunately, they, oh dear, I'm going to admit to having given advice. The advice was do not link your performance conversations with, with your salary conversations. 
but they did anyway. You know, they really shouldn't be linked. But so that, that was quite an interesting project with a, with a bank about how to have everybody hates the performance management annual performance management conversation, how to do that better and how to make it a bit more, a bit more pleasant for everybody and a bit more actually useful for the, for the bottom line and for the bank. So that, and then another big one lately because it's fashionable, not lately, for the last couple of decades actually is coaching how to teach coaching. The one that we refuse to do, and that occasionally we, we get asked to do is come and teach us solutions, solution focus. And we don't do that. <laughs> we say, give us an issue and we'll work with an issue. And um, maybe 10% of the people say, gosh, that was interesting, that was different. How did you do that? And then we might bring things to a bit of consciousness afterwards. One of my favorite um, cases was one with a, uh, a glass making factory and uh, the boss knew solution focus and said, we want, we want to become a solution focused company. And we said, no, no, we're not gonna come and spend two days teaching you. Because it just gives people something to say, oh, another initiative. He's been on a course. This is the sixth initiative in two years. We're not going to do that. But give us an issue to work with, and then we'll bring it to consciousness and say, well, first of all, we, we worked out, you know, what's going well. How would you like things to be? What would be the first tiny signs to teach them that kind of question but after they've experienced it for themselves? Sure. All right. And what have been some of the, um, like, I guess, most pleasing examples of that? When you think back, do you think of... Some that, of those... that particular one was a great one because these, I've talked about it somewhere else, but these, these and I think I might have written it somewhere, but these were, um, there were about 30 people and the whole of the company were there. And mm. uh, most of them had left school as soon as they were allowed to. And the thought of a training day would, was just, you know, not what they wanted at all. Yeah. Uh, and by the end, of, we had two days. We, we did a day with working on their issues, which was everything from stock control to production to absenteeism. They had loads of issues and we worked on, on them all, really. And the next day we, we sort of showed them what we had done. And then they called their staff room or their canteen room the solution room. <laughs> and that was a really nice sort of thing that said, okay, they, they liked that. They got something, you know, they got yeah. something. And another one was, was working with a group at a power station, a group of security officers. And there was a lot of, we'd spent half the morning going on, but they, they weren't, they're not like that. They won't let us do that. It's not like that here. And then suddenly one of them, I don't think it was anything to do with what I had said, but suddenly one of them said, well, never mind about them. What can we do? And so ever since then, I've been really kind of listening for pronouns. Yeah. When do we, when do we start talking about we or I instead of what they or he or she? Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you can sort of, introduce that first person a, a bit more yeah. yeah but you can't rush these things can you you can't be solution forced you yeah. can't say i'm not interested in your problems you gotta you gotta you know allow allow them yeah without yeah. getting um without joining in or without saying like i might in the pub but if you think you've got problems, you should hear mine. You know? <laughs> it's, it's not a competition. <laughs> yeah. no, that's, mm. that's really interesting. That's, um, yeah, it's got loads of thoughts going. There's, someone in a group that we were working with recently, um, I think they were watching, while everyone was watching a tape of Bieber's while she was working with a client, and there was a particularly long pause of silence. Mm. And someone questioned and said to Bieber, you know, why why did you leave it that long? You know, we'd, we'd already spoke about how slot silence can be helpful, but it was a 
a long one. And I remember Bibi just saying, well, it wasn't my turn. It wasn't my oh, turn. Um, which was really nice. And um, yeah, and as you were talking then about the, the pronouns and, and they, I mean, that, that comes up in family work all the time, this, this idea of, well, yeah. if only they did X, Y, and Z, then mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking, I've, I've discovered with working with teenagers in particular, that um, if I ask them some description questions about the other person, so be that they're a parent or a teacher, and what they would notice about uh, that person if things yeah. were improving and changes were being made, and they get a chance to voice, well, they would be calmer with me, you know, they they wouldn't be shouting so much, etc. Yeah. And then after a while, you then move the questions to, and what would they notice about you? What would you, you know, and what would you notice about yourself? Um, it seems to be a much more fruitful mm -hmm. conversation um, if you allow them space to talk about they said. So, so I wondered with with organisations whether you have any, you know, thoughts, um, tips, tricks on on how to you know manage the the they you know the the they that comes into the conversation and um you know these other stakeholders i guess that people don't feel that they have any leverage or control over very often when we're working with groups we do get people to to take the positions of different stakeholders right right and in exactly that and and uh what will they say what would they like to see about you or what would they like you know so very much like that um, and sometimes, of course, that has to be imagined, you know, not every stakeholder will be represented in the book, but, you know, people are pretty good, probably, at imagining, suppose, just supposing that uh, what, what other reactions might be. So, yes, and I think that this, um, this, uh, growing understanding of the importance of description mm. thanks thanks to you is is um, really helpful in this I mean it's it really is in in the in the corporate world and indeed in every world mm. there's you know well trust or respect and there's no trust here or there's no respect here you've got to have um, a behavioural or descriptive understanding of what trust or respect might be. I remember actually always in, a, in an, in an organisation, the surveys, the employee surveys will say this communication is bad. And um, the well-meaning manager I used to be one would say, here you are, here's the report. Uh, thinking that I'm communicating by doing that. But actually, I might, you know, I've got another hat on that. Nobody ever says, good morning, Jenny. That's good communication. You've got to understand what good communication is before you can embark on a communication improvement exercise. And so there's, a, a, and this is why these descriptions get so important in this. And when somebody said, good morning, Jenny, how will you respond? You know, I'll smile a bit more, you know, I'll come in differently. I'll say good morning back. I'll stop and chat for, you know, all of those things. So, and these big words can be, are really dangerous, aren't they? These big, you know, in Sue Kimberg used to call them $5,000 words like trust and communication. Yeah. yeah. And in, in uh, family work, I guess things like trust, I'll never trust him again. Uh, you know, how can I trust you? It's, you know, it's a big one. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, description is key. I'll, am I allowed one more, Greg? For a hand Go on then, Ben. I'm Go on. Hold off, Jenny. Go on. I've got too many questions. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so last one, last one from me. I, I was thinking about timing as well. Um, I noticed when I when I was um, sort of browsing um, some of your stuff, and um, this is a good good point to drop in the website sfwork.com. Good place to go and check out. Um, there was one bit of language that intrigued me, um, where in the blurb it says that you you work with organisations who are adapting to change. Which was just a, it's just a little tweak. But oh I, yes, that's uh, quite good. 
yeah, when, I mean, when, when I was still at work, and this was at the time when the electricity industry was being privatized, and we had, we had consultants come in to change us. Uh, and we had whole, whole groups of people who were called the change management teams. Mm. And <laughs> naively ask, what are we being changed into? <laughs> they wouldn't tell us. They wouldn't tell us. We had to, I don't know, we had to wait and see or something. <laughs> uh, so change is another of these words, actually. And change can be imposed on you without you knowing about it. And, of course, the world, the environment, imposes change on you as well. So I think adapting to change is, yeah, thank you for noticing it. I can't remember choosing it but it, it's it all you can do is adapt you mm. can't manage it that's for sure yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. absolutely you know change management okay yeah yeah, yeah so it was i've heard a lot of generating change you know solution yes. focused is a conversational tool for generating change yeah. Yeah. really yeah. attention adapting to change like yeah change is happening all the time and you have to adapt to it or you have to survive you know so, uh, yeah. I might steal that one if that's okay. I might start what? using the language, adapting to change. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ben. Now, can I ask one? Are you? Are you of course, Greg. Okay. Course. Just, just checking. <laughs> it, it's kind of in that theme of, of adapting, Jenny, because I think when we train people, you you see that development when people kind of have that that script and that sort of cookbook recipe mm. and then as you say they they begin to listen out for different things and adapt to different things so being someone who is logically thinking and likes that sort of you know understanding where you're going approach how do you yeah what helps you then be able to adapt when you're having those conversations like balancing the, the logic and the the structure yeah. yes yeah. yes yes thank you that's a really good question um and and it, it's taken me a long time so for example i used to think that the questions were the important thing and of course of course the questions aren't the important thing the answers are the important thing <laughs> <laughs> and then what you do with the answers is the important thing and uh, and there's a lot of ego of course in the oh i must ask a really good question in a minute what am i going to ask in a minute Yep. And this sort of realizing that it's, you know, it's really, it really isn't about you. Yeah. Um, and, and I think some of the, the, the questions that we get taught can actually get in the way a bit. And, and, this, and, and this is where my logic comes in. I think when, I, when we're training, I like to explain the function of the questions. Mm. not just the questions to just ask this question just what what are you what is the yeah what's the function of the question what are you hoping to get from it so for example with all due respect i'm not very keen on i can't find my mouth asking for best hopes uh because i don't know why and it doesn't translate and people say oh but it doesn't translate and i say that's why you need to know what it's for what the question is for. Do I have, I have other ways of asking the question? The trouble with best hopes for me, I, I thought, I mean, did, I have a, did I have a variety of hopes? Is it, will there be biscuits with a tea? Well, I, I, I didn't understand the question when it was first put to me. What are your best hopes? That it will all be over soon? You know, I, I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was being asked. So a, a sort of version of how you know that this time has been well spent or, you know, something. Mm. Um, so that we can set off in the direction to go back in that word of what is wanted, you know, what do you want? Um, so to, to, be, to, to have brought to consciousness what the purpose of some of these questions is, what are your best hope? What difference would that make? Um, the interactive, the sort of circular interactive questions and how will you, and then what, you know, those questions to sort of understand why we're asking these questions. 
is I think quite an important part of training and not everybody does. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of, my, one, of, one of my grumpy old woman sort of things is some people say, oh, it's all about experience. And ex experience is not enough for my quite demanding conscious mind. Yeah. My demanding conscious mind wants to know why. You know? it's, not in, it's not enough for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm, and I, I like the way you phrase that, because you know, I think it, it links to something the way we try to do it. We, we try and set, talk about intentions. What's the intention yeah. behind the question? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you're exactly right. Like once you understand that, then yeah. yeah, you can keep asking different questions that are aiming to do the same thing, to have that same yes. function. That's right. But, yet, but are happy in your mouth, you know, that happy. Apparently in German, it doesn't make sense, best hope. And, and they've, you know, I can't remember why it doesn't make sense to them. So they, they, they try and they, they just translate it and then they get the kind of reaction that I did the first time that was asked. And they said, well, so it doesn't work. Well, you have to try some other words there. <laughs> and uh, who was it? It was one of the SF24 sessions that I dropped in on. They, in Chinese, in Mandarin, I think they were talking about Mandarin, there's no tenses. So they're mm -hmm. saying the miracle question doesn't work. Well, you can't, you can't say the miracle question doesn't work if you don't know what the miracle question is trying to do. Just because you haven't got a future tense doesn't <laughs> mean that you can find out how things will be when things are better. You know? So when I hear comments like that, I think, well, uh, I wonder who I wonder who's been training them. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I don't think... ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're far, far too polite, Jenny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is just yeah. It's hard to explain and kind of, but when I think when you talk to people about it, you see that I suppose the different ways people make sense of it as well. For some, it's well, I, I like the script. I like the script. I can just ask that yes. or. You know, I need to experience it first, or I, I need to know how it works. Like, they're all kind of different yeah. elements. I think of a of a complete package, really, to try and try and get together. Yeah. But then again, not so easy. Yeah. I suppose that's the good thing about working with groups or training groups. Actually, is that you you do see all of those responses. You know, mm. show me, let me feel it. You know. Definitely, mm. definitely, and. I'm mindful of, slightly mindful of the time. I'm sure Biba has more questions. I'm going to jump back oh. to the, something from the very beginning in this idea of sharing things with maybe people that are just getting started on their journey. I think you've shared a, a load of things already that people will hopefully find really useful. But if you were to, I don't want to say give advice, but maybe give some tips or share a, a pearl of wisdom <laughs> for somebody who might just be getting started. I love In giving there. advice. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. What, what would be a couple of things you would say to people that are maybe just getting started on their SF journey? Oh, I, I would say go to Brief and get trained. Because <laughs> I'm familiar with Brief and their training. Uh, uh, if they're book readers, I would... Ah, what would I recommend if they're book readers? I would, book, I would, I would recommend probably... Mark and Paul's book, if they're coaching and if they're working in, in that kind of area. Uh, and I would recommend, oh, I'm so sorry that your CBT friend had, had such a bad time. I would, I would recommend they went to conferences, but yeah, it's difficult, not, you know, after a thing has been going on so long that people know each other, but it is bad that we have to do something about this dissing, I've nearly mm. called them the opposition, but you know, <laughs> dissing the opposition. Uh, but we, we do because we have very fundamentally different assumptions. So yeah. I have to find a respectful way of doing that. Definitely. And if you've got one, let me know. I mean, what did you say to him afterwards? You know, apart from saying, oh dear, I'm sorry. Well, I think it was, um, from memory looking back, I think 
I think what what did it was was laughter actually a crowd I think I think or in the audience if you like I think there was a derogatory comment made about CBT uh -huh. a large okay. right. yeah. laughed. yeah that was that was just um, not needed yes um, yeah uh, yeah they're, they're the sorts of things that we can mm. be conscious of and try and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but you can't you know if when you've got a whole group of people responding with laughter, yeah, you can't say no laughter. Yeah, yeah. Shame. Yeah. And he sticks. He stuck around and came to one of our trainings as a as an outcome, and hopefully, yeah. that um, fixed. No, that opened new directions for him in a way that. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, CBT people do SF. But, you know, be, and this is going back to the brand, because the CBT brand is respected by the authorities, then you have to be CBT qualified, and then you go and do SF. Yeah. So, as I say, there are no police actually in the workplace, are they? But, you know, it, it, it would be nice if the SF accreditation got to the stage of being respectable to the to the politicians and the purchasing departments and all of that. This is really important that there are people like you, um, like maybe us and others who believe that we should do solutions focused justice by branding it in a way that isn't exclusive, but to say what it is. And yeah. even if it's saying what it isn't to illustrate the difference, otherwise, uh, especially during pandemics, we've seen how much good um, the approach has to offer in such a short time. And if it's not on the political agenda and everything's political, yes. then it doesn't exist. And then there is no funding and there are no opportunities. Mm -hmm. There is no recognition. So somebody has to do the dirty work. And mm -hmm. we surely, surely will carry on doing the dirty work, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. good, good. So, Jenny, yeah. I mean, the last question maybe for today is uh, where to next or where instead next for you? Oh, well, I'm making a life here. Well, actually, I say that we've been here for five years now. We've been in Scotland for five years now and uh, enjoying it enormously. Uh, so I'm on a couple of committees and um, just making and enjoying. Edinburgh is great. It's a capital city. Uh, I'm a city person, but you can see out of it. You can get out of it. And, uh, it, you know, it's got all the, all the attributes of a capital city, but you can easily get out. So I'm getting out the day after tomorrow. I'm going to the borders for a couple of days and that kind of thing. And will we see you in Frankfurt? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Excellent. That is yeah. going to be face yeah. to face. It's, hopefully. it's in the diary anyway. It's in the diary. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the cabaret, I'll think of something. <laughs> <laughs> Very much looking forward to this. It will be yeah. so good to see how people have taken solution focus to different levels, different fields um, after hopefully after this two years of being yes. living in very very yeah. strange times and yet in these two years you have been doing amazing things in in again in new new arenas so oh thank you so much jenny for your time and for all your wisdom and uh, for um keep for all your sharpness which we hope you never ever lose um otherwise you know the mellowness say hey, well <laughs> then so many people to come and um Hopefully, we'll get inspired by inspired by fire uh -huh. and fashion. Thank you all very much. Thanks, very yeah, much. thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll regards to Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks. He's cooking right now. Um, Hi. Oh. I'll go and then you can talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> the cooking. And thank you all for listening and for being with us. And who knows what who is coming next time? When is it coming? But we will be there and we will be with you. Thank you and good night. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of our podcast. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So if you've got any comments or any questions or any topics you'd like us to talk about, then feel free to get in touch. 
You can do that in lots of different ways by searching for us on social media, or if you'd like to go to a website, you can find us at www.sfpossibilities.org.